The corridor crosses seven distinct ecological zones, including wetlands, paperbark forests, banksia woodlands, as well as three dune systems. This environment not only houses hundreds of reptile and small marsupial species native to WA, but it also is the home to our carnabies and red-tailed cockatoos, which face extinction threats. Paddy Cullen is a prominent environmental activist who has dedicated much of his life to raising awareness for the preservation of these endangered majestic creatures. Paddy, you and hundreds of activists protested and participated in acts of civil disobedience in order to prevent the destruction of the corridor in 2017, with many of you being arrested. What were you fighting for and did you think that this would be something you would have to revisit five years later, despite Labor's promises to protect the corridor? You never know what's going to happen with the with the government. You just never know. Um, things are rarely protected permanently, even when the government says they are protected permanently. So there's always a threat that you're going to have to go back uh, and protect the same area again. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a kind of, it's a difficult thing to have to do that. It's, it's, it can grind you down. The first time we were protesting was about 40 years ago for when Farrington Road went in at the back of Murdoch Uni. And then um, later on in 2017, there was just the most massive, massive groundswell of local community. It was unbelievable. And the civil disobedience was incredible. There were hundreds and hundreds of people um, sitting in front of bulldozers peacefully, um, sitting there... um, Caring for country, um, respecting uh, Noongar Buja, looking after the trees, looking after the wetlands, looking after this threatened ecological community, this beautiful Banksia woodland. And all of these, um, every day, are going under the bulldozer at an alarming rate. And it is a time now when the community will have to get back into action Speaking to our cockatoos and red tails, how dire is the situation for them at present? There's three species of of black cockatoos and all of them are threatened with extinction. There's four uh, habitats in particular that they depend on. For the carnabies or the nollinucks, as Noongar people call them, um, the, the, uh, the woodlands are particularly important. So at the moment, they're breeding in the agricultural areas, in the salmon gum and in the wandu, and those woodlands are going down fast. And then um, for half of the year, they come across to the Banksia woodlands, and those woodlands are going down even faster to housing and to developments. And when you see these new developments, they don't leave a leaf or a stick and you get absolutely none of the nollinux there. So the numbers are, are in decline, and they've gone down more than 30% in the last 10 years. They're now an endangered species, and their their cousin, which also uh, sometimes comes to this area, which is uh, like the nollinux, like the carnaby, but slightly longer beak, called the nollark, or the bowdens, that's just been upgraded uh, to critically endangered internationally. So um, the government at one time did have a plan called a green growth plan uh, for the Perth Peel area. Uh, 
it was um, issued by the federal government that they should put in this plan. They spent $7 million on this plan. Other cities were also given um, the job of putting in place green growth plans, and they did that quickly within a year. Uh, for some reason in Perth, we spent $7 million developing this plan, and this year we threw it out. And they said, um, because it makes it too difficult for developers to streamline their housing projects. So we've, we've cast nature aside in favour of uh, developers. What habitat do the birds require at a bare minimum to avoid this dire extinction? Um, and how is it provided within the woodlands and parks in the city of Coburn, particularly within this green corridor? Yeah. Well, Coburn is, is particularly important. It's one of the last areas where you have this east-west connection, which the birds need. They will not fly over areas that are not green, so they need these east-west connections. And it connects a whole range of reserves and wetlands together. And when you look at um, the Nolinucks, what they need, they need water, they need roosting trees, they need food trees, and you have all that in a close facility uh, along this green corridor. It's actually a lifeline for these birds. And when you look at the pressures that they're under, including the loss of forests, the loss of the the wheatbelt woodlands, the loss of the, the Banksy woodlands, and also the loss of a pine plantation now in the north of Perth where more than half of the nolinux or carnabies are so desperate for food, they've lost so much habitat that they're now relying on these, these pine cones. That's also going down. So the pressures are on them at every single side. Um, we cannot keep uh, cutting into uh, their habitat. In, instead, we have to do the reverse. We have to restore it and we have to expand it. And we have a, a fantastic community example of that happening here in this corridor. Hundreds of people have got up and planted trees and decided to make the world a more beautiful place instead of a more desolate place. And this is an example that the government should hold up um, to the rest of the community, instead of knocking back this corridor, they should be putting in more rivers of green all over Perth. This is a global biodiversity hotspot. It's an area of uh, 2% of the Earth's surface where you find 50% of the world's species. But our species are going faster than nearly anywhere else in the world. We've got one of the highest extinction rates in the world, one of the highest deforestation rates in the world. And we must turn that around. Recently, Tanya Plebisek, the federal minister, said um, we are going for a target of zero extinctions and we are going to get 30% of our land area by 2030 into natural protected uh, habitat areas. This is a United Nations agreement that uh, the world has come together and said we have to face this problem. Now it's the responsibility of the government to follow through and start restoring and expanding and not chipping away at that habitat. So what impact um, would any disruption, so that that's speaking to just houses, birds live among houses, but what impact does that have on these cockatoos? Well, when you put in housing projects, um, it normally involves bringing in bulldozers and our developers uh, like to start with like a clean sheet of paper. They will not leave anything. 
And there's been some studies by Murdoch University that show when the housing projects go in, the cockatoos go out. Um, they, they've tagged them and they found you get zero black cockatoos in the new housing areas. Um, so they're absolutely uh, a killer for these birds. They're an absolute killer. And they can't take too much more. Scientists have said in the next 20 years, we're going to face what they call the extinction canyon. That means mass extinction on a huge level. We must change the way we do things. We must go back to the care for country model, the way of living with nature, which is better for our own uh, mentality and better for our own health and better for nature. And it's something that this part of the world, it's, it's so special. It's the most special thing we've got. Including everything you've just said, in what ways can the state government, as well as the city of Coburn, work in a more sustainable and biophilic manner to prevent all this? Well, first of all, um, what we need to see is this green growth plan come back. And it has to be a proper green growth plan. We have areas identified which are called bush forever areas. Um, but that's in name only. So those areas need to be put into A-class reserves. And then they need to look at the linkages between these reserves and put in corridors like this corridor to link up all these uh, beautiful areas into uh, what some scientists call regional parks. And we have some examples of that in the Perth area already. So then you, you build up these regional parks Till they connect to each other and you could have a city where you could walk through the bush uh, from the waves to the hills to the Bibbulmun track north south east west it would be a place of remarkable beauty and it would be a, a place of incredible culture to showcase the the Noongar culture and the ways um, that Noongar people lived and still live and care for this land. So uh, we've got a great opportunity to do something absolutely incredible, but we have to rethink ourselves, not look at nature as something that we just use up like a drink of coffee and then throw the cup away, uh, but think of ourselves as part of that, part of nature and what we do to nature, we do to ourselves. And if we look after it, it will look after us. And this is the, the this is the, best thing we can do for our children to, to leave this incredible legacy. We've got a film coming out on November the 23rd. It's going to be at the Luna in Leederville. It will probably run for a couple of weeks and it's by an extraordinary filmmaker. She's won so many international awards. Her name is um, Jane Hammond. She's from Fremantle. Um, she, her last film, Cry of the Forest, was instrumental in stopping the logging of native forests and WA is becoming the first state to stop logging in native forests. So we know, we know if that is because people got active. They saw the film, they got active. So this time we want people to see the film again and get active and save all those habitats that are so precious to black cockatoos. And we can do it and we've shown we can do it. So we need people to stand up and, and get active once more.